you for your faithfulness. God, we just thank you that in you there's hope, that in you, you are good always. God, I just pray that for those who are weary and for those who are tired, that today, God, in your house and in your place, they would find rest, Jesus. That they would rest in your promises, Father. God, we just lift you up right now. We take a moment to just remember all that you have done for us, God. All the promises that you have fulfilled for us, Jesus. God, you are so faithful. Just take a second right now to just think back on all that you've done, Jesus. We just thank you, God. We just believe for more, that you have more, God. That you have more for us, Jesus. We just give you this time, God. We seal it. Would you come and speak to every person? In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take a seat. What a great worship time, yeah? How are you all doing? You awake? This is the 1045 service, right? So you hopefully had some coffee in you ready to go. The nine o'clock, a little tired, but I woke him up. So if you're still tired, it's okay. You're at church. We'll wake you up too. But welcome to the last weekend of 2018. Is anyone excited that 2018 is almost over? Are you just ready to kiss 2018 goodbye? Like, see you later. I never want to look at you again. Anybody had that year that you, yeah, me too. I am so excited. I am counting down the days that I have left in 2018. But 2019, 2019 though, is going to be a good year. Do you believe that? This message today, I think God has given me a prophetic word for you sitting and listening to this, but also as a church as the whole. I believe God is doing something, and I brought this um, message to Pastor John and then also to the teaching team and just asked, I, I want your support in this. I don't want this to just, you know, I think it's important that when we get words, we are also have someone else in agreement with that word, the people over us and the mentors over us and our spiritual leaders. So I went and I said, hey, I submit this to you. I want to make sure this is what you are feeling as well. And I just had the green light. Yes, I, this resonates. This is, this is good. And I believe this is God. And so I have a word for you. So you are in the right place because God has a word for you. And you showed up on a good day to be at church. We often, on this last weekend here at Jubilee, do a look back do a reflection of all the good things, as Donnie was talking about, that the, the hand of God, where he was at and what he was doing. But I felt God say, I want you to talk about the future, though. Let's not look back. Let's look forward. Let's look forward to 2019 because God has something for you in 2019. I was, I was doing um, some research on this number nine to prepare for this message, just grasping for myself personally for anything like, God, give me something good because this year, man, I don't think I can handle much more of this. So I was just looking and doing some research and number nine biblically represents the, com the sovereign completeness from the Lord. That it is that his divine completeness happens with the number nine. But I also did more research and did some digging and found that uh, nine can represent birth and that new type of life that comes with birth. Nine months, right, someone is pregnant for. There's this whole idea that nine is associated with that as well. And I want to bring those two ideas together. I want to bring this idea of completion and this idea of new life and what God wants to do with those two things in 2019. So if you will, you're going to be shocked, but we're going to read the Bible today. And we're going to read Ezekiel. Who thought they were coming to church to read Ezekiel today? And we're going to read a lot of it. I know, what a great place to read the Bible, right? So if you brought it, go ahead and pull it out. We'll be reading out of chapter 37. Or if you are one who likes to follow along with the screens, we've made it very easy for you. 
And it starts like this. Ezekiel is having all these prophetic words given to Israel. He, he is the prophet of the day, if you will. He does a lot of weird things, if you want to go back and look. He's an odd guy, and God asks him to do odd things. So I'm thankful that I don't have to be a prophet thousands of years ago and eat weird things and lay on my side in weird ways for many days. I am glad that I get to be a part of now. But Ezekiel is having this vision. And he is brought, the Lord takes him, or a dream, if you will. And it says this, the hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. I want you to remember that word, that valley, that little piece, that, that word. Every word in our Bible is there for a specific reason. And this is one of those words. And it says, it was full of bones. So to paint this picture, they're in this big valley and they're walking back and forth and there's bones just completely scattered, unable to identify, you know, there's not skeletons. It doesn't say that. It's just a valley of bones and many bones. And it says, he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Why is it that Ezekiel in this moment is telling us these bones are very dry? This is an observation that he's telling us. And any description that the Bible gives us, we should look and think about. And so this moment right here, he is describing, well, bones are obviously dry, right? They're, they're dead bones. But I think what he is saying in this moment is these bones have been dead for a long time. These bones have been here a long time, and it looks as if there is no hope left for these bones. They are as dead as dead can be. And I think for us, there are people in this room who are listening, and you are saying to a situation or to a relationship, this thing is as dead as it can be. There is no hope left for this thing. And I believe that in 2019, God wants to begin to do something. And if we keep reading, we, we learn what he wants to do. So the Lord asks him, son of man, can these bones live? When God asks you a question, it is not for his benefit. It is not because he doesn't know the answer to his question. It is because he is asking, where are you at? What do you think of me? What do you think is possible? Because if we don't believe that God can do the impossible, what then? You know, Jesus goes, there is, he had no hope in his own town because they were like, this is Jesus. He can't do anything. In this moment, God is asking, do you believe that I am the God of the impossible? And when you look at your own circumstance, God is asking you, do you believe that I am the God of the impossible? That whatever you are facing, that whatever dry bone you are looking at, do you believe I can revive that thing? And Ezekiel doesn't say, oh yes, God, I know all that you're going to do because we simply don't. We don't, but the answer that Ezekiel gives should be our answer back to God. And it is this, sovereign Lord, you alone know. He alone knows. And it is this moment and this act of, I surrender to you. I surrender these dead bones to you that you do know what you're going to do with them. So then it says this, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So there's two things that are going on right here. God tells him what? What is Ezekiel's instruction to do? To prophesy. Over the dead bones on our own life, God is saying you must prophesy what? The word of the Lord. You are also, he wants to partner with you. He wants to pull you in to this great big plan that he has. He puts you on this earth for a purpose and his purpose is to use you, church. He wants to use you. He wants to do great things through you. But he is saying you must call life into these things. 
This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover your skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. That I am the Lord. There were so many times, I think, in this year that I was like, God, here's your chance, okay? I have it all worked out for you. Here's my plan for you, God, okay? Here's your steps. You know, I can't do it, but I can plan it for you. I can, we can, we can partner together. I have great ideas of how you should fix my circumstance. But here's the thing, church. God does not share his glory with you and with me. And he waits till that last hour, till that last minute. It's like, okay, either you're going to move or it's not happening. And that is when the impossible happens because it is a moment that we can say, only you, God, could have done this. That is when God works, is when we completely surrender and go, only you can do this at this point. Only you can work. And 2019 is a year of only you can do this, God, because these bones are very dry and they've been in the ground a very long time. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. God never just leaves you kind of finished. He is making you a complete work. He does not just put you back together. He wants to put breath back into you. He wants to put his spirit in you and fill you fully up. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it this, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live. God wants to breathe life back into the dead that they may live. And you may have felt like 2018 was a year you were slain, you were knocked out, you were on the ground, but God is going to pull you back up and he is going to fill you with his spirit. Watch God and believe for the impossible church. Believe for the impossible. So prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds into these slain. So I prophesied. And as he commanded me and breath entered them, they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. God is working on an individual basis. God is working on you. God is fulfilling and putting pieces back together in your life. But he is doing it because you are a part of a vast army of people. And this word is not just for you, but you are part of a greater picture, church. You are called to run your race right now because the people around you need you. You are part of an army and you are an entity and you are necessary. Hear that word. You are necessary. You are needed. And God is raising up an army in his church right now. God is calling back dead things to life because he wants to raise up an army. He wants to bring back a remnant. He wants to remind the world of his great power. And he wants to use the church to do it. That should get us excited. That should get us up on our feet. We should be going, God, what is next for me? What do you have for me? And then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. So God now says, here here is the example, but here's what it really represents. It represents my people. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. And if I could describe my own life in 2018, it would have been that. My bones are dried up, God. I have lost hope many days and I feel as if I have been cut off. After going through two deaths in my family this year, after going through a miscarriage, after going through things that no one, God doesn't want you to go through these things. And I, in times, felt, where are you, God? Where are you? I feel like I am cut off. But then here is his reply. This is his reply to you if you are in that place. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, This, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, 
You sitting in this room, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and then my people will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will what? You will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. He is doing something right now. He is stirring right now, and he is doing it so that we will know when it is all said and done, he spoke it, and that he is the Lord. And to give background then to what's going on in Israel and why this seems so impossible and the context of this valley of dry bones is Ezekiel is making this prophecy while Israel is in captivity. This is not an after the fact. This is not a, you know, that happened and now I'm prophesying. That's not prophetic, church. That's not a word from the Lord. This is happening when it looks impossible. When it looks like they have been defeated and there is no hope left. They are in Babylon. They have been scattered across the Middle East. There have been several people who have come and conquered Israel and the last straw was Babylon. And now they are in captivity and they were in captivity for 70 years. And like all along, you know, they are God's chosen people. And here they are in a place they never thought they were going to be in a place they never wanted to be. And a lot of it was their fault, right? Let's, if we really are honest, those Israelites were just not smart in many ways. He warns them several times, but yet they find themselves in this place. And God, though, never, ever forsakes his promise to them. I will give you your own land. I will bring you back. And this picture of these bones, these scattered bones, are the people of Israel. They are all over. It's not so easy as they have, you know, been gone for a year and are all in one place. Now families have mixed. They've had interrelationships now happening. This is not so clean and cut. And I'm sure the people of Israel in this moment were thinking, God, you cannot do this now. You had your chance. We had it planned out for you, and you didn't do it the right way. And not only that, God, but we are poor now. They took all our riches. They stole everything we had when they brought us into captivity. And they've completely destroyed our city. They've destroyed our homes. They've destroyed our place. They've destroyed your throne, Jesus. They've destroyed everything. They destroyed your temple. What is there left now, God? How can you do this now? And yet Ezekiel is seeing this word come to life that God will restore, that God will bring their bones back together, that God will bring their tendons back together, that God will do the impossible. And God is still that same God today. We think so much of this is for them and for the Israelites, and yes, that is true, but it is also for you because God doesn't change who he is. And if God makes a promise, his promise remains true. He is not true unless he is a promise keeper. And so then let's go back to that word, this valley. And what this valley represents, and this valley is a place where a war has been fought. The Bible talks about a valley often in the last days where we still have yet to have a war happen. It will happen in a valley. I've been there. You can see it. It is an actual valley, and this is a representation. A valley is always a representation of where a war has been fought. And in this story of Ezekiel and what he is seeing, he is seeing an army that has been destroyed. They probably were the good guys, I would assume. And it looks as if they lost. It looks as if they were killed. They were plundered. And then not only that, but you see this picture that they weren't just killed. They destroyed them. They ripped them limb from limb. There are bones all over scattered all along the way. Their enemy has come to do those things. And what's interesting then is you also have an enemy. And do you want to know what three things he has come to do? 
He has come to steal from you. He has come to kill you. And he comes to destroy you. In John 10, 10, it says this. The thief comes only, only church. There are no other objectives for him. These are the three things he comes to do to you. It's not like he's sometimes nice to you. We expect that after a while of suffering from him, we're exempt and he like feels sorry for us. The enemy never feels sorry for you. He only comes to kill you, to steal, and destroy you. At the beginning of this year, I like to buy and sell stuff online. I think it's really fun. My husband is really sick of it. I keep making jokes. I'm like, guess what I'm going to sell now? But I like to sell things and then buy new things. It's super fun. And so at the beginning of this year, I wanted to sell our whole, um, uh, whole set of furniture that we had because we were moving and I didn't want to move it and somehow figured out a way to get new stuff. It was awesome. So this lady decides she wants to buy it and I'm like, okay. So she comes and it's like two big couches. It's a coffee table. It's an entertainment center. There's a lot of stuff she's getting. And she brings us like a small suburban <laughs> to come pick up all this stuff. And I thought, okay, surely someone's coming to help her do all this because her and I are not going to lift these couches down (laughs) the stairs by ourselves. Um, And no, sure enough, there is no reinforcements and this is the only car that she has. So she ends up needing to take several trips back and forth to my house to get the furniture. I mean, it was probably a six hour process. She would take one couch and drive it to the house and then come back. It was back and forth. I just left it all outside for her. You know, I'm an introvert. Like I got my money. I'm good now. But she comes and JJ, here's like his only rule with me doing all this is he doesn't want me to die. So he asks that he he's at our house with us. And I'm like, that's valid. I don't want to get murdered. I'm totally down for you being there too. And this woman somehow figures out probably by the light and glow of our Christianity that we love Jesus. See, you got to wake up. You got to catch my jokes. That is not real, guys. She somehow, though, puts together that we're Christians. And she rings our doorbell. I thought she's gone. And she's like, I have a word for you. I'm like, okay. Yes. You're going to tell me I'm God's appointed prophet. You're going to tell me I'm going to win the lottery. Like, what do you got for me? Like, like I'm going to go and travel the world and be God's chosen child. Like, I'm, I am ready. We are, JJ and I both are like, yeah, okay, what's, what do you have? What, what are you going to say? And she goes, your life is going to get awful here coming up. And I was just... Like, no, 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 that I don't, I think you're wrong. I think that's the wrong word. Where's the, where's the money? Where's the money word I was looking for? And I just stand there and I'm like, huh, okay. They, thank you so much for this awesome uplifting word. And then the second part to her word was, but just hold on, just hold on and just keep going because God has already won the, the battle and you just have to hold on. It's just, it's going to get hard. And in fact, it did get hard and no one wants to receive that word. And I think I struggled with, okay, God, is this you? Cause that's awful. And I really would rather just not know if it's going to get bad. Like just surprise me with the bad. It's okay. Tell me about the good, but just surprise me with the bad. And so I just had to think through this and just walk through this. But the thing that the woman was wrong on, or I would say maybe Maybe the thing that the enemy was wrong on is this. You lost. Like, here I am standing up on a stage, going through the worst year of my life, and it's only more testimony to the goodness of who God is. So enemy, come at me, bro. Like, come at me. It's okay, because God has already won the war, and this is only more fire. This is only more fuel to what I want to do and to what message I want to bring to the kingdom of God and to those who don't believe. I have a story to share now. An enemy, though you thought you were going to knock me down, and maybe for a minute I was, it's okay because God lifts back up our dead bones and he breathes life back into us. And church, if you are feeling that way today, if you are going through something today, you will get through this. You will survive this. God is on the other side of it. And God wants to breathe life back into your bones, put breath back into your lungs and put his very own spirit inside of you. Just keep going. 
2019 is a year of bones being lifted back. And here's how I know that. It's because the second part of John 10, 10 is this. I, though, I, Jesus, have come that you may have life and not just life, but that you may have it to the full. God wants to bring life to you and not just life, but he wants you to live fully in him. This isn't in my notes, but I think this is so relevant, is this. We think we're winning the war when we just maintain the ground that we have. We think that's what the battle is about, and we often spend our walk and our Christian life just maintaining what we have. We are playing defense, but church, hear this right now. We are meant to play offense. We are meant to advance this kingdom. We are meant to step forward and step into unknown territory. We are meant to take back what the enemy has taken. We are called to do that. And you are here now, right now, in 2018, going into 2019, because God has a plan for you to take back territory. We should have no fear of what the enemy is planning. What we should be focused on is what God is planning. We are so concerned and we, it paralyzes us. And I am the first person in that line of, well, what happens if? But what I need to do and what we need to begin to do, and especially if God is going to fulfill these promises in 2019, is run over to the other side and run over to God's side. Like, what do you have, though? What do you have? What are your plans? And what if you do bring bones back together? Then what happens? I don't want to spend the rest of my life living in fear out of what the enemy is going to do. What we need to do is be living in hope of what God is going to do. So then where I want to spend most of my message today is then if the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, I want to talk then about what Jesus has come to do. And the first thing that Jesus comes to do is, number one, he puts bones back together. Maybe a better way of saying that is he comes to remind you, church, of who you are. In the middle of the battle, in the middle of the valley, it is hard to remember who you are. It is hard to hold on to the hope of who you are and who God created you to be. It's as if you are just surviving. Have you been there? You know what I'm talking about right now. That place of, I, I don't even care who I am. I just am going through the motions. Maybe that's what got you here today. I'm just going through the motions. I'm just doing the things. And yet here God is giving you a word of life. He's speaking. Here is who you are. Here is what I have for you. Ezekiel 37, 7 says, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling noise, and the bones came together, bone to bone. God wants to put you back, bone to bone. God wants to breathe life back into your bones. Maybe it is a relationship for you. Maybe it's the marriage you're in right now. I'm just going to get real. Like Maybe it is. It's okay to be real in church. It's okay to talk about real struggles here. Because if you can't talk about it here, where are you going to go find hope? In the world? They're going to give you terrible advice. So let me give you advice. God has hope for you. God has life for you. And it's both of you that have to make that decision, not just one. Is it a relationship with a child? It's strained. They've walked away from the Lord and you don't know what to do. Maybe part of then your call, and I didn't say this in any other message, but maybe this is for you in this room. Maybe part of a call as a parent is to be Jesus to that child and remind them of who they are. That's your responsibility. If they're off and they're struggling and they're going through things and you are, I can't imagine. My children are three and one right now, and so I'm not there yet. 
But it's this daily trust I have to give to God with them. They're yours and all I can do. This is the word the Lord spoke to me because I struggle with fear of controlling them and wanting them to be okay and wanting all of that. And here's the word God has given me as a parent. Your, your greatest gift to your children is on a daily basis to remind them of who I have made them to be. So that when the world comes in, they are not swayed to the left or to the right because they have so deeply ingrained inside of them the words of life that you prophesied over them. Prophesy life over not just yourself, over your family. God has life for your family and life in 2019 for them. Maybe you're a couple sitting in this room and you feel like God has promised you a child, and you have not seen the fruit of that. I believe 2019, God wants to do a work. God wants to do the miracle. I know that feeling. I know that desire of losing a child and then so badly wanting that child. I believe God wants to do a miracle. I believe God has a testimony for you. Maybe you're single and you're in this room and you've given up all hope that God will bring you a spouse. But you feel, though, that here's the key, church, is you have to know the promises that God has spoken to you. You can't, these aren't well wishes. There's a difference. There's a difference between desires and God's word. We, we get disappointed often because we have confused our wants with what God has spoken. So what we need to do is go to him and say, well, what is it you've spoken and I'll hold on to that thing. I will lay aside my desires. I will lay aside my wants. But if I feel like you have spoken this, I will hold on to that thing till there's nothing left to hold on to. But God wants to bring life back to these things to remind you of those promises. God wants to remind you of the promises in 2019 and what he wants to do. The second thing that Jesus comes to do is he comes to add flesh back to you, church. The enemy would come to kill you. Well, Jesus has come to put bones back together. The enemy comes to steal from you. Jesus comes to return what was stolen. That flesh being act back added to you is God returning what was stolen from you. You know, Satan is also subject to our king. And what he gets to do here on earth is because it is permitted, not any other way. He is not above or equal to God. And we often, I think, get that picture confused in our head. He is also subject to our Lord. And if the Lord says you give it back, the enemy has to give back what he took. And in 2019, I fully believe this. God wants to give back what has been stolen from you. Ezekiel 37, 8 says this, I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. God, what are the things that he wants to return to you? Well, I believe one of the big things that he spoke to me was he wants to return joy back to people. That 2018, you lost your joy and part of that joy is that hope, that eye on him, that place of, I know, God, that you are still in it with me. And I believe 2019 is a year of laughter. A year of joy, a year of even if it looks so dark and so dim, that there will still be joy because God is returning that back. That God is giving that back to you. I believe God wants to give back dreams. There are people here listening. You've stopped dreaming. You've stopped hoping with the Lord. So much of what he does with us is in that dreaming time. God, what if you did this? God, what if I did this with you? What if you used me for this? And when we're in the war and we're going through tough things and even after we often lose sight of the dreaming. You know, that killing that the, that the Bible talks about, that the enemy comes to do, is often a slow death we face. We don't recognize that we're slowly dying. There's a process that he has. But then on the flip side of that, I believe God has a process to bringing us back to life. 
And that first part is reminding us who we are. And that second part is returning what was stolen, giving you back the things that you first felt when you first met your Lord and Savior. Can you think back to that day? The way you felt, the excitement you had, the, impossib the possibilities were limitless. You know, the great Pastor John says it so perfectly that disappointment is the mother of bad theology. And it's so true about us and the way we view us and what we view he can do. Well, God, I haven't seen you heal people, so you probably just don't heal people anymore. I hear Christians say that. And you know, I... I have prayed for people to be healed, people I love dearly that were not healed, but that should never stop us from praying forward for healing. God wants to heal in 2019. Maybe you're sitting in this room and that's the thing. You feel like God has promised you healing and you haven't seen it. Don't stop prophesying life over that thing. Maybe 2019 is your year to see the life and to see that returned back with what was stolen. If we skip to Ezra, which is really back in the Bible, if you're looking at your Bible, if you actually read an actual Bible. Ezra's before Ezekiel, which is kind of confusing because Ezra actually comes after Ezekiel. But, so Ezekiel happens, has this prophecy, and Ezra comes after that. Ezra is part of the peoples that go back to Israel that go back and that start over and that are seeing this promise happen. And in Ezra 1-7, it says this, Moreover, King Cyrus, who was the king when Israel was freed, brought out the articles belonging to the temple of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar, the one who put them into captivity, had carried away from Jerusalem and placed in the temple of his God. God is always always returning back what was stolen. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes 70 years. Sometimes we forget what's even been stolen. But God does not forget. God does not forget what has been taken from you. And he redeems, church. That is what he does. He redeems. And then the third thing that Jesus comes to do is he comes to put breath back in your lungs. The enemy comes to destroy you. Well, church, Jesus comes to restore you. 2019 is a year, this is the word I feel like, is the year of restoration, a year of restoring, a year that, you know, the enemy doesn't just kill you because he knows that death itself cannot stop the Lord. He knows that, so we should know that. He wants to destroy your spirit because his objective and the killing and destroying and the stealing is the, the exact same. It is to ruin your relationship with the Lord. That has always been his objective. That will always be his way of doing it. That's what he wants to do no matter who you are, no matter where you're at. That's what he wants to do. But God comes to restore your spirit. No matter how many times you fall down, he pulls you back up. Ezekiel 37, 9 through 10 says this. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Look around right now. You really can. It's okay. You can look at the person sitting next to you if you don't know him. This is a vast army. This is his army. This is his people. He chose us. We're chosen. Do you realize that? When you follow him, you are chosen. You were chosen by him. We get that mixed up, that we chose him. You're wrong. He chose you. He chose you, and he chose you to be a part of his army, which must mean you have something important to offer. So don't let the enemy come in and take away the promises of God from you. Don't let him come in and do that. 
And you can say, well, Kate, this is so great for the Israelites. This is awesome that God did that for them. But this is not for us. Okay, fine. If you want to believe that way. But then let me just take you then to the New Testament. For the things that maybe if you don't believe that was for you, but maybe hopefully you believe this is for you because this is Jesus himself speaking to the church. And we find it in John 5, 25. And it says this, Very truly I tell you, my church, my people, my loved ones, a time is coming. Oh, this gets me excited. And has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will what? Those who hear it will live. Yeah, that's exciting. That is for us, church. That is for us that when we hear his voice, we will live. We will live no matter how long something has been dead. No matter how long the promise has been in the ground. God, if it hears his voice, it has to live. You don't have a choice when you hear the voice of God. It has to live. It has to live, and God has life in 2019. I really believe that when we come back at the end of 2019, this service and this time will be a celebration of God. My Jesus, look at what you brought to life. Look at what you are starting and beginning to do, because I don't think it will be an end. I don't think it will be a year of promise. I think it will be, listen to this, the beginning of the promise going forward. So then as we come to the close of this message, I have two questions for you. The first one would be this. What places, if you're really honest, if you're really vulnerable with yourself, what places in your life do you need revival? We throw out this word in church. God, bring revival. Bring revival. God, send your spirit. Save everyone else, because I'm already saved. But what's interesting about this word is I think we are partially misunderstanding this term. Because revival is the idea of bringing what's dead back to life. Which then, to me, would indicate it starts with us. It starts with the church. Because we were, we are alive, but things in us, the promises of God sometimes, when life gets in the way, begin to fall aside. We begin to take away those things because it's almost too painful. It's almost too hard. But I believe God does have revival. I believe 2019, I think God does want to revive our church. And not just this, this church. I don't mean it us specifically, the church. The church. If we were to take a look in and we were to begin to not play defense, but if all of us were playing offense, can you imagine how different the kingdom would look in a year from now? I mean, really think about that. A vast army of people playing offense. Not maintaining, but gaining. Gaining more. Then the second thing would be this. What have you called dead that God wants to bring back to life? And honestly, we probably all could have something in us that we've called dead. Maybe it's a physical thing. Again, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's wanting a relationship. Maybe it's a promise of who you are meant to be and you feel so far from that thing. Maybe it's an addiction that you feel you can't get out of anymore. So you've just given fully in. I didn't say that in any of the other services. Maybe that's for someone right now. You've been addicted to something and I don't need to name the addiction. You know what it is. And you've stopped fighting along the way. You used to fight. You at least used to try to stop the addiction, try to stop the thing. You would try, but it got so hard and you felt so disappointed after time and time again of failing that you've just given fully into the thing. Well, guess what? God came to set you free. 
God came to set you free. God came no matter how dead your bones are, no matter how long you've struggled. God came to set you free. You are never too far gone for God to come and save you. And may 2019, may it be the year that you are set free. That you would get up on stages and you would share your testimony and you would speak the truth that I was a sinner, that I was lost, that I was done and God revived me so he can do it for you. When the church begins to do that, when we begin to allow others to see what God has revived, there is power in that. So as we finish 2018, we're going to take communion together. So if you would grab this, it should be on all of your seats or underneath. And if you don't have one, please raise your hand and we'll have an usher come and give one to you. And if you would just open the first part to this delicacy of a wafer. We paid good money for these. Okay. Church, this. We take this not just because it's a ritual and we don't just do this because you're supposed to do this at our church. We do this if you are in a relationship with Jesus. That's the caveat to this. But we do this and we take communion because it's a reminder of the hope and the promise that he has given us, that he will return for us one day. And this, this wafer, this is a representation of his body. It was broken and bruised for you so that your bones could rise, that you could live, that you could walk away fully complete in him and in his body. This is his bread and his bread of heaven. And we take it in remembrance that one day we will share this meal with him. Would you take this with me right now? And then if you would open the grape juice part, we like to keep it fancy here. I just feel so honored that I get to be up here and just lead God's people in this right now. Church, this this is his blood, and I think God gave me this really cool, cool way of explaining it. Is this is the anecdote to all your sin, to all your sickness. You were sick, and it was incurable, but Jesus' blood was the fix to it. The fix to every sin. This is the cup of salvation. This this is the reminder that his blood was poured out for you and it has the power to save you. That now he holds the keys of death. And we have life in him. Would you drink it with me? Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, the name that is above every name, the name that brings our enemy to his knees, Jesus. Jesus, I feel you in this room. Your presence is in this room and I believe that you are speaking right now, Jesus. Things of promises, things of old. If you would be so willing, would you raise your hand if you are in the place that you Feel God wants to bring your dead bones back to life. There is something specific that you know, that you know and that you are believing for in 2019. Yeah, all over this room, all over. That's because God wants to do a work in 2019, church. God has good things for you in 2019. And God, I pray right now, I pray strength and I pray courage, Lord Jesus. 
God, that you would come and you would speak and you would speak so clearly, God. Our responsibility is not how it gets done, but that we would prophesy life. And I, right now, standing on this stage, I prophesy life to your dead bones. Life to your dead bones. Life to the things that you have called dead. Life to the hopelessness. I prophesy life. God has life for you. God has good for you. God is raising you up to be part of his great army. You are here for a reason. And then the second thing. Maybe you're in a place that you can't even begin to dream, that you can't even begin to think of God's promises because you have lost all hope. You feel so deep in the valley, you don't even know what way is up. You have lost all hope that it will ever get better, that this is what life looks like. How could you even begin to dream again? Because you're just trying to survive. It's hard to even think about tomorrow. Would you be vulnerable enough to raise your hand? Because I would like to pray for you. If you would just raise your hand, if you need hope right now. Again, all over. God, you are the God of hope. Our hope is what gets us through. And for those who feel as if they have lost their hope, would you come and revive their spirit? Would you come and breathe life back into them, Jesus? Hear this. Hear this as it was his words and not mine. Don't hear my voice, but please hear his voice. He is not finished doing a good work in you. It's a process, and he's walking you through the process, but God is not done. God never leaves you unfinished, so don't allow yourself to walk unfinished. Hold on to the hope. Hold on to him. Hold on to the promise. And even when you don't feel it, hold on to what you know is true, that he is good, that he will see you through it, and that he will get you through it. And that you would begin to believe, even in the next few days, that 2019 will be a year of hope to you, a year of promises restored to you, that God has a work inside of this church that God wants to do a new thing inside of this church in 2019. And let me just say this, church, he is just getting started. We thank you, Jesus. May we come now and just worship you, casting all else aside to just come and worship you, Lord. In your name, amen.